You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. The, the, the Zohar comes at things from quite a philosophical point of view, right? And it's, it's more concerned here with ideas, and it, it speaks about things that you, you know, can comprehend intellectually if you, if you work hard enough. The, the other commentators to come to follow this, like the Megala Mukas and the Bnei Yisoscher, they're working with the kind of, you know, Rashi Tevis, Sofi Tevis, uh, um, you know, word games, letter games, gematrios, that, 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 kind of, that kind of thing, where basically you just, you know, you spin these letters around and they seem to come together in, in meaningful patterns. Okay. And the truth is that these are two separate ways of, of really doing the same thing. You know, the Zeihart does have a tendency to, to be more, you know, to be more philosophical in its approach in the sense that it tries to, it tries to present ideas. And the other people, many of the Talmide Balshem and, and um, you know, people coming from that tradition are very, are continuing the work of Rabbi Avram Abulafia, because Rabbi Avram Abulafia's method of getting new revelations out of the Torah was basically to to take psukim, take shmois kodesh, spin them around, permutate them around, and and see how they come together. And when they come together in a way that appears meaningful to you or or tells you something, then aha, that's really Hakadosh Baruch Hu sending you, if not a nevuah, then a then a a a, a an echo of an echo of an echo of a nevuah, but it, it, it is still the, one of the ways in which a Kaddish Baruch Hu teaches you the meaning of his Torah in, 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 the, in the here and now. So these two, these two methods of, of going about learning Kabbalah, are, both of them are still very much with us. And if we ever get there, yeah. we'll see it. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a subtle dig to me or an understanding of yourself, but I will say this. Um, uh, when I have encountered this book, which I think is um, still, although my good friend Kalman Warch, who you've listened to on our, our platform, has translated the B'nai Oscar and is wor- not mm-hmm. the complete book, but he's working on it. I think there's a, I think there's a, a, a lot of layers, and I think in many ways, what the B'nai Oscar is doing, and I think other Mukubalim do something similar, is they, you only see the, like, like the coattails of the idea, the way it now manifests itself in the very wonderful Gamatria or Sophie Tavis or Roshe Tavos. But I, I would venture, the way I know the Ravtsvi uh, Elimelech Medinev, uh, who took the name Shapiro, um, I would say that he had a very strong tfisa, even ideologically and with a machshava. Why didn't he write Ramchalian style Hezbeirim? I think part of it was to be mastir and to also leave these remnants as a clues that we can now induce, you know, inductive reasoning and go backwards. And maybe, you know, using this as a little bit of a jump off point, be able to sort of fathom the the idea um, because we sort of worked on the gematria and we saw the sofa tables, et cetera. And, and therefore, although we, we really don't understand it, we have at least a little bit of a, a leg to stand on. And we can use that filter, although I would say with the Tzvi Melech that it probably went from the big idea 
transmuted further and further. And then, ah, and then this is also the pshat in this in this gematria. And this is the way the Rashi Tevis work out. And this is the way everything is, etc. And ego maraguim, like he says, is all the gematria, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I think that for us, the fact that he left those writings, it allows the un, the people who are an uninitiated uh, 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 a pathway in. And it also allows the ones that he doesn't want to go further a place to just stop and say, oh, this is the Gematria, this is the Remez, and that's all I need to say. So, so I think it really, uh, it, in one hand, it closes the door for many because all they're going to do is the math and going to do the lettering. And somehow the idea is going to be fuzzy. And for others, it might be their way in. Not everybody is Zoha, as Rav Tzadok explains in, 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 uh, in the Divrei Seifrim, uh, when he talks about this mitzvah vidiyas Hashem, not everyone is Zoha to have a Rebbe who's about Ruch HaKodesh who could bring you in and, 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 and develop within you those Kabbalistic skills to become like a Makobo yourself. So it could be what the B'nai Yisrael was doing. I can't speak so much about the Magava Mukas. I have a Magava Mukas and I have Dutz Farm from him, you know, that he has one. He has one, I think, is called Anof. Um, uh, what is it called? Reish, Reish, one is called Reish something Anof. I found him. Reish yeah. something I found him. And the other one is on the Torah itself. I can't say, although right. I think you always, you would talk to me about Rav Nosanota Hanover, Zechot Tzadik, V'Kodesh Uvrocha, but I am pretty familiar with the B'nai Yisrael And I think knowing him from his other works, um, which are not as as, as heavily um, loaded like the Bnei Yisrael, if you take a look at the Magid Taluma in certain places, and also one of my favorite of his farm, which is his beer on the Chosid Yaivitz's uh, Sefer, or or Hash, I think it's called Orachayim. The Chosid Yaivitz, the uh, who was a Goyla from Sfarad, wrote an anti philosophical tract called Orachayim, and the Bnei Yisrael wrote his Biurim on that book. And I think, anyway, I guess in totality, I, I, I just want to throw that out. And again, it, 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 you can, it really doesn't matter that much, but I, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, if we, I think if we're, if we're Zilcha to wrap our heads even around that Abelafian type of letting it spin, I think we might still get back to the the as you say the big thinking machshava aspect. I know, yeah, well, that point. would that would be my point. You know, I'm 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 first of all I wholeheartedly embrace whatever it is that you're saying. Obviously, the Bnei Yisus knew the Zoyer better than I do. Okay, so if I was able to pick up on some on some ideas, so alachat kama v'chama, just what I'm actually trying to say is that the, is that these are these are separate methods of, of essentially getting to the same place. You know, you can you can you can try you can try to do a direct uh, intellection of of uh, of the tr- of the meaning of things, you know, like, you know, look, like, you know, look through the, um, look through the Levushim and see, and, you know, and see the Panemius, or you can spin the letters and, and things will reveal themselves to you. And then you'll come through, you'll come through, you know, in, in that way, different, you know, different Mahabram had, had different ways of, of, of doing that. But I'll call upon him, you know, to, to do the letter manipulations, and not move on to what lies behind them, okay, is definitely a a um, a misfire, okay? because you can become very very confused by spinning letters all day and coming up with all sorts of tsirufim and and the difference in a tsiruf that means something, and a tsiruf that doesn't mean anything, is that you know, it 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 depends really on the quality of of what you get from it. 
Um, but, 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 but I, I, right, but what I think what know, it'll do. So I, the, yeah. the first, the first thing that happened to me when I, when I, you know, when I first got a hold of, of Rabbi Avram Abulafia's uh, works, you know, recently, um, was to was to comment to myself, "Wow, this sounds like the Megal Amicus." Or even or even or even even the Megalamicus on 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 steroids, shall I yeah. say? Right. Yeah. Would, would you uh, again, you know, I'm I'm very influenced by I know no not not too, there aren't too many people that are gonna make this sort of conflation, but I'm very influenced by Leo Strauss's uh, take on the Rambam as a philosophical writer. And one of the things he says is, is that the Rambam may wrote the Marnevuchim in a way to dissuade people from going further. He packed the book in the beginning with boring stuff, in a sense, in a way like like starting from a, a, a mechkar, which most people don't have. Like, what does tzelim mean? What does tzel mean? What does this verb mean? And, and what does this noun mean? And most people are saying, I want the secrets of the universe. I want to find out about what God is. I want to find out what my, yeah. right? And you're going to have to plow through all this material. And, and what Strauss Until says- Until you get to the good stuff. But what Strauss says, he's trying to dissuade people. In many ways, and I think that as as much as Chassidus was trying to um, open up a mystical thought, I think they also were conscious of of of, of deterring. You know, yeah, you know, everybody can say over Shalashidus Torah, but I think when 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 people who actually held the Maftechos to deep mystical thought, Chabad is an exception, but I think the other Chassidusin, I think writing in such a way would actually. You're right. It would be a misfire, and eventually the person would be laughed at because he doesn't know anything. But the but the initiate, mm-hmm. the one who, the one who who's reading the book, who's going to actually go from there and figure stuff out, will have the breadcrumbs that Hansel and Gretel, or in this sense, Rabbi Melech, left for them. I think that'll allow them to come back to perhaps join him yeah. on a different plane. Anyway, that's just an idea, but I'm happy to, I I, you know, let's follow your breadcrumbs. And yeah, I'm, I, anyway. once again, I'm not so sure that we were even disagreeing with each other on any, on any substantial level. No, no, I no. Know, uh, right, um, right. And, and because like I said, but, you know, let, well, let me just, by, let me by say, the way, I just want to just, okay. So this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. Okay. Yes. Last thing I'm going to say about this is that, you know, even by Hasidic Shurebis, you had, you had two ways of saying terror. There's one Hasidic Shurebis that opens up a chumash, stares at the psukim, goes into a trance and says all sorts of stuff. You know, and I, I think there's the the Moira Naim once famously said that that he wasn't willing to publish anything that he said that he remembers having said, <laughs> right? Because obviously it didn't it didn't come from a place of emes. You know, Mashenkin, you have other you know other rebbes that were very you know that were very um that were very forethoughtful. I mean, Rabbi Nachman, for instance, I we we know we he said his drushes with with actual um, outlines written written in front of him when he when he when he said them. So he was. You know, not like falling into a trance and just and just speaking automatically. So, you know, I, these are these are these are different shitas, and and uh, one of them values the the moment of ecstasy and the, the divine revelation of something that comes not from me but from a kodesh baruch through the tzirufa yaisias, and then you have uh, let's say the, the the direction of the zayar where where there's a human being who's investigating, very 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 sublime and enlightened human being, but he's you know you're still you're in, 
trying to investigate by seeing through the seeing through to the meaning of the mitzvahs, the meanings of the words, and what lies behind the stories, and 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 that's how that's how Zoyer works. Yeah, okay. which is very similar, as as many people have noted. Um, you know, Rabbi Yaakovsky Mecklenburg uh, from you know the the Ksav um, you know, constantly quotes the Zohar as medrash. You know, he calls it mechilta the Rashbi because you know the, he thought that's what it was. So he, you know, he views it very much as as, as yeah. almost in line with esoteric medrashim. And and the reason is is because it sometimes starts from the same place medrashim start. It's like a, a, a kasha on a hay, a kasha on an extra letter, a kasha on why is this mitzvah here or something like that, which is again a drush. Like we're going to start with Ha'ara, and from there it's going to turn into this mountain, and I think that that's why Medrash is always about um, uh, it's always about searching for a question, and and it's in that quest, which which is very sounds minute or just mildly interesting, the 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 quest becomes a revelation, uh, and, and but you start with this sort of a weird, right? I think that happens in Chazal all the time. And I think the Zohar uh, also, many pieces of Zohar start with, hmm, why is it spelled this way here? Why is the name this way? Which, okay, you shrug your shoulders, but then the Zohar uh, r- rolls up its sleeve, Megaladare, and then what you what is revealed is, wow, look where I went. And, and for some reason, let me just finish on this point. For some reason, just starting mm-hmm. and saying, the purpose of the Bria is this. It doesn't work that way. Human beings, in order to jump into the pool, there's got to be some, there's some, you know what I'm saying? There's something there. There's some little hook that, and, and, and if the hook is too overwhelming, that this is what this mimer is going to be about, then I think it, it's, it's scary and, 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 and you're not hooked. And and you and, and and basically your your preconceived notions kick in and you your mind shuts down. But if it's about hmm, I wonder why Yaakov is spelled um, you know this way. I wonder why Yitzchok is spelled with a sin a, a sin instead of a ches. A samach or no, a right? It's sometimes spelled with like ba'af yeah, Yitzchak, right? Yitzchak. With a sin, right? So hmm, wonder what that about. And then all of, before you know it, you are in the world of, of, of where the Zohar wants to take you. And I think, so let's start with that. Let's talk about Uriel then. Go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, let's, uh, let's go because uh, pretty soon we're not, not going to be able to do the, even that. So it begins like this. It's about Matan Torah. It's about Matan Torah. So it wants to, it, the Zohar is making a point of the importance of the third month. Which is also reflected in the Gemara and Mesech Shabbos has has similar drush in some ways, and it says the Shalit Bay Oiriel that um, that Oiriel the which is like the I guess the Malach of Tiferes, um he's the one who controls that month Rav Mamana he's the great appointed official with Lasmeo Vishitin Ruchamish Riboy Mashrion Ime and he has three hundred and sixty five hundred thousands of encampments with him. Like the uh, like the number of days in the year. The Khulhu and all of them, a little unclear whether he means all of these all the angels in the in these encampments or each encampment has <clears throat> has excuse me 
365 luminous keys. From this light that goes out of the sublime upper electricity, the inner <laughs> hidden enclosed electricity is the Razin the Asvin Kedishin Eloin that the secret of the sublime holy names um what's the continuation Talion Bay uh are depend upon. Right. Okay. So um so, so for mo- most people would now, be, so this is the kind of people thing would be like, lost already. Okay, this, <laughs> we're already we're already finished. We're, yeah, you know. Yep. Can, can, can I, and I? It would seem the Zohar, though. If make, I, please, make, please make a comment. <laughs> okay, it would seem the Zohar is basically dealing with a question, and the question is, why do we need to know that Matan Torah happens b'chodesh Hashlishi? I think that's really the question. The question is. That's the question. Right. There, there's really no mitzvah connected to this. We only need to know months, like in Parshas Pinchas and Parshas Emor, where on a certain date this occurred. Why we need to know the months of the Mabu is also a question. But why certain events which don't seem to be openly connected to mitzvos, at least not from the psukim of the Torah, right? Because the Torah doesn't say keep mm-hmm. shuas because it's matan Torah. So the Zohar is wondering why did God give emphasis to it happened in the third month? And that's where I think the Zohar is trying to use the third month as something very, very significant. That's what the Zohar is coming to answer. I know that was, you right. probably, I knew you knew that, but I just want to say that's that's the question the Zohar is trying to answer. But yeah, I can, I can expand upon the question a little bit because, you know, Shavuos, if Shavuos is to be thought of as the day of Matan Torah, so Shavuos is not referenced as being in the third month either. You know, right. Shavuos is 50 days from Pesach. So, the, you know, the, the Torah could have said, you know, such and such and such, so really the emphasis on the emphasis on the third month when there is a, as you say, no mitzvah connected to it, and where and where it, even the holiday that we're celebrating isn't connected to the to the reality of it being a third month. So what's the connection really between the third month and 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 the shavuos? And then you then you begin to notice all the other threes, which which you, which is also there in the Gemara. You know, it's the third month. It's a third uh, a, a three tiered people, a, a three dimensional Torah, et cetera, et cetera. So you know where it's, what is what is all that coming from? But where but where the Zohar goes off to with this you know with this Oriel who has three hundred and sixty five uh, million or you know in camps full of angels with each angel holding a luminous key that comes out of the sublime light in which the which is called chashmal or it, let's let's say electricity okay it's not really electricity i'll tell you what it is in a minute but um and the and the the, the names of I mean, the letters of the holy name of hashem are 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 contingent upon this light okay what and so I'm going to I'm going to take a, a tiny little stab at it. Obviously, can't explain can't explain everything, but I can I try to say something. Okay. And the first the first thing I'm just going to say is is what chashmal is. Um, this we this we learned from the Ariya Kodesh. Chashmal is a layer of the world of Atzilus in which whatever 
exists outside the world of Atzilus is compressed and turned into a um, just a membrane of some sort. So if you if you think of Hashmal as being kind of like the outer membrane of of the world of Vatsilus. Now, even if you even if you take a look at your own skin, okay, your skin has two sides to it. It's what contains you, you know, what contains your inner sense within, but it it also interacts with the outside world. In other words, it's paradoxically both part of the outside world and part of yourself. So if you wanted to think of your skin as the gateway to the world that is outside yourself, you can, you can imagine that. And, and that's why you'll notice that there's all sorts of, every once in a while, there, you know, you've referenced a few of these statements yourself, where you have somebody like Rabbi Yochanan who, who draws back his shirt sleeve and, and fills the room with light, okay? because his, his skin is emanating light. Or Moshe Rabbeinu, his skin is emanating light because he's managed to purify his skin to such an extent that it unifies between the inner dimension and the external dimension. Okay, so but when you when you take that layer and you just look at it as a thin, tiny little membrane, so that membrane is going to contain, you know, it's 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 going to contain all of the external dimensions and compress them so that they are nothing more than just a membrane to the parts of him of Olam Atzilut. It would be a way of saying, as, as the, as the Balotani ever always, always does, that everything is so insignificant and infinitesimal in reference to HaKadosh Baruch Hu's oneness that it really doesn't even exist at all. Or if it exists, it exists as an infinitesimally thin, thin membrane. Okay, and this this light of Hashmal actually, um, in many ways, it, it is it's the rectification of everything because it you know you can take the whole universe and unify it completely and make it cleave to Hakadosh Baruch You're talking you're talking about Hashmal, and also Hashmal, because of its nature as being connected to the what is outside the world of Atzilus, has the ability to shine Atzilus outward in a way that um, is kind of unique. What I, what, I mean, what I mean by that is that the being of Olam, of Olam Hatzidut doesn't actually directly escape from the world of Hatzidut because it's, it, Hatzidut is, is, is all Elikus. So the being of Elikus is not going to go out. Right, maybe Malchus, but that's a whole other. But that's a whole other sugya. However, when Hashmal shines out, you have other phenomenon that are related to Elikus that actually manifest in the world. And in particular, we're talking about time, how time is structured and divided. And the one thing that the Zayir is saying is that is that the days of the year, and I think by by extrapolation, the months of the year. And, and all the ways in which we divide time up, okay, are emanations from Hashmal, which even though they originate in Atsilos, are very much available for us to experience in the here and now. And, you know, and the truth is that we don't really experience time as a thing. It's a process, it's a movement, it's a, 
You know, it's 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 a it's a very very subtle reality that isn't that isn't an object. Okay, so even if you're far away from the the sense of being batel, being nullified, so that you can cleave personally to atzilus, but you can experience all these time temporal phenomena and everything, and because they shine out of atzilus through the through the uh, through the um, through the medium of chashmal. Um, I just want, there, I just want to correct there, one thing there, about the. Do you think there's something significant, Nelson, that that the time factor, the way it's described, is solar time as opposed coming up with the specific three sixty five? Yes, I mean, and it's it's actually a very big question because look, in order to get out of Atzilus and into the world of Bria Yitzira, so you have to traverse Malchus, right? Mm-hmm. And Malchus is not the solar year; Malchus is the lunar year. Okay, so there isn't an, there aren't enough days in the lunar year to encompass 365 units of whatever it is is coming out of is, is coming out of uh, bin, which I think which is I I mean I think that's like, kind of like the question that's hiding here. Okay, you know how does how does all these 365 encampments of or 365 billion encampments of malachim actually fit into the constraints of of uh, of malchus? Which doesn't have 365 days in her in her year. Okay, sometimes she has too many days in her year. If you have to, if it's if it's a leap year, but but I mean year after year after year after year, you know the the, the lunar year is about 10 days mm-hmm. short of the of the solar year. Okay, so that's a you know so that's an interesting question which perhaps I'm going to put aside right now. I just I just wanted to say one thing about about Hashmal, okay because. You know, um, chashmal is is translated electricity in modern Hebrew, okay. And uh, the the place that came, this comes from actually is from static electricity, right? Now there's a certain there's a certain precious stone called amber, which um, is actually fossilized tree sap. Sometimes you get amber with with the ancient insects uh, glued into it, you know. And it's a very, it's kind of like a, a, uh, I saw um, Jurassic, orangey, I saw Jurassic red. Park too. Oh yeah. You saw Jurassic Park. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fine. So, um, I mean, you know, my first introduction to Amber, by the way, was actually more Rogers Elasny's, uh, no, uh, um, the, the Avalon 12, the Avalon? 12, you know, no, no, 12, 12 nights in Amber 12, or something 12 nights. Like that. Uh, that, those are the Avalon. Those are the ones that are, there's some sort of, right. They're, they're actually, oh, whatever. They anyway. are gods. I think they are gods in the form of people. Yeah, that's right. Twelve princes in amber. Anyway, I'll call upon him. Twelve princes. Well, in amber. Twelve princes in amber. That's... Yes. Okay, but um, let me just get back to the point. So amber, amber is this stone, and the the name of it in Greek is electrum. And we get our concept of electricity from that stone because that stone is very good at at creating uh, static electricity. Right, so the Greeks were quite fascinated with, you know, what you could do with the stone when you, when you rubbed it against something and you could make your hair stand on end and all sorts of other, other weird, weird things. So amber is electrum, and you, and when the Septuagint, you know, the Targum Shivim translated the prophecy of Yechezkel into Greek, they used, um, they used the Greek word for amber as a translation of chashmal. So chashmal is not blue which I think most people automatically assume that it is. Um, Chashmal is actually a, a kind of a rich yellow color. Okay, just, just so get, if you get the color straight. 
Okay, so um, so amber is actually has much more to do with fire as a color than it than it than it does with uh, with you know mysterious you know beautiful blue lights. Okay. Um, now v'ihu raza the ishtam. So this this um, malach oriel is the secret of the the uh, ishtam. The I don't know the the um, well, the word is not exactly perfect. It's a hard word to translate. Um, it's uh, the single-hearted and uh, and let's say perfect person. Mari Devesa, the, the the master of the house, Ishayalokim, um, the man of God. Tam, what is it, what you know? Tam, the taman there is the siyuma v'kishra the tefillin. That is the end and the knot of tefillin. So in other words, it's a play yeah, on go, it's a play on what Tom means, right? In other words, Tom, right. as you said, so, Tom, she, right. Tom. I mean, right. any right. anybody who you know, any cipher will tell you that, and and it it's connecting to Tefillin, which once again this this fits because you know we we're, we're talking about Hashmal as being something of the nature of a layer of skin that can that can project and illuminate outward because it contains all of the all of the external dimensions wrapped up in itself. Um, and so the the tefillin, you know, the the knot at the back of the shalrosh is probably what is uh, um, what is being referred to here. And for what it's worth, that although it doesn't say it here, but the I think the Ariya Kaddish is very very uh, correct in pointing out that this connects to. Um, well, a partsuf that he calls partsuf leya, and it's midas yomai, the the that partsuf that is related to the tefillin knot at the back of the head. That is called the measure of my days. When when David Amelech is is you know asking for a kaddish baruch Hu to let me you know let me know how long I'm going to live, so he asks you know midas yomai mahi, what is the what is the measure of my days? So the measure of my days originates in in the in that spot of the tefillin not so once again we're coming back to the idea of 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 hashmalas being kind of a layer of skin and it is able to project and illuminate outward and what it does is it projects outward a sense of time that we otherwise wouldn't have we wouldn't be able to access this kind of time if it wasn't coming to us from the world from the world of atzilus right um and in this in this form exists the secret of Hashmal, which is inner and sublime and hidden and and um, and uh, yeah, hidden, you know, hidden and secluded. And all of the all of the hidden lights he takes, and they come out of it. And all of these, all of these encampments of angels take the keys that come from, from that light that emerges out of out of Hashmal. Okay, so you see it. You see at least this that the the time as we experience it is emerging out of Hashmal. You have these angels that are running around the universe with keys. What the keys unlock? Well, apparently they let you into experiencing time in this way. Okay, so it, it, these are these are keys that allow you to come in and access this this uh, sacred kind of time. 
and and as you say, ah. some, somehow, um, when we talk about uh, Yaakov, and obviously Uriel and Yaakov are going to be somehow bound together. Sure. They are, they're reflections of the same idea. But I think what's interesting, you mentioned about Tefillin, um, that... Um, that you know the Tumen Siuma Vikishra the Tfilin, you're talking about the. I would assume he means uh, maybe I'm wrong here, but I assume he means the Kesher Tfilin that's in the back of the person's head, right? The yes, absolutely. Right, which which that oh, makes sense. Right, which is interestingly sort of on the skin, but really on the back. And we know that's that's like the, again, I'm just thinking, that's like Bechina Sacharayim. Usually when we, we talk about the power of tefillin, you know, we always hear about, you know, the, the famous story of the Vilna Gaon that, um, that the, um, you know, he was once staying by someone, I guess, on one of his travels. And uh, the person was one of the Ashiram of the city and uh, some uh, prowlers, broke into the house and realized that this man that the building was staying by was wealthy and had money stored away and was, you know, not only they were going to plunder his, the house, but when the man showed up, um, they were going to kill him. And it was strange. The man was wearing his tefillin because, you know, he, people thought, you know, he, he, he postures himself as, as a, as a great sadik, so to speak, but they were still beating him up. The Vilnagon somehow was aroused from whatever mystical contemplations he was doing and opened the door and he was on the second floor. And when they saw him with his villain, they all they the plunderers dropped their uh, their booty and ran out the door screaming. And um, you know, the man said, you know, I he said, you know, I you know, I was wearing tefillin too. He says, but what does the Gemara say? Mishieshlo tefillin birosho enonizik. You have to have, you have external tefillin. You know, you have mm. the shoroshes on your head. Okay, so, but it's al rosho. The Gemara says birosho. Birosho, yeah. Right. So, therefore, the, it's, the, it's, 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 it's somehow embodying the power of that shin uh, and everything that's for it. I mean, I say that story just because normally it's when we say uh, even the pasuk that says that the not that the Jew, non-Jews will see us and be scared of us. So Chazal say they're going to notice our tefillin. You usually, usually think it's the tefillin shorosh, and here if it's the kesher of the tefillin from which this sense of the kedusha in time comes from, it's interesting that it's on the it's on the opposite side, not it's from the back side. Well. Well, re- remember what remember what this whole chashmal does. It allows you to connect to something that is of the world of atzilus, but is not identical to it. Okay, you could you could be just an ordinary person, you know, ordinary living your life, and and once you experience time according to the Torah, you are already wrapped up in this this emanation from atzilus, which is safe. It's safe. You can you can you can live there because it's not atzilus mamish. It's not the being. Of Atzilus, it's the it's the Hashmal uh, of Atzilus, or the or the the skin of Atzilus, um, which is why you know even even by Moshe Rabbeinu, you know he can he can see the Kesher Shaltfil and he can't see the he can't see the face. And and, and Yaakov is actually called here Isha Elohim, which is a term not ascribed to which Yaakov is reserved for Moshe. Right. It's a term of Moshe. So he's Yaakov and Moshe seem to have becoming one here in this case. Yeah, and, they're they're definitely being conflated. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. All right. So, 
so Vahai uh, Uriel, this Uriel entity, Rav Mamana, the great appointed one, call Eden Mashiri and all these. Did we, um, did we, skip, did we skip a paragraph? Um, oh, yes, we did. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, I, th- sorry. I, I thought we were editing for time, but go ahead. Oh, no. I'm, <laughs> we, we, uh, we have to do that too. I'm, taking, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it. I'm looking at the clock. So this light, this light of Hashmal, contains within it two lights which are one. The first light is is a white light. That cannot really be visible. And that is the that is the light that is hidden away for tzaddikim. As you say, the second light, that's more of a sparkling, flaming light. It's got a red color. And the two lights are, you know, included in each other, and they, and they become one. Vahai okay. Uriel uh, and this angel Uriel, Rav Mamona, the appointed one, call Eden Mashiria and all his encampments, Natli Hahu Nahira, they take that, they take that light, begin to call betrain because they are included. Or be, because it is in, because it includes two. Uvi, oh, excuse me, I left out the Vav. Uvigin the Kol betrain, and since it includes two lights, Ikwitoomim it is called the twins. Valdo Shaltabe, and therefore they can control it. Or the Aldo Shaltabe Hahumazala the Ikri Buraza delay to Umi. There's a mazal that that is in control of this light that is called to Umim. The you know it's as you say Gemini. Ubeyasihivasa and in this in this uh, constellation the Torah is given. Right. And, and, here, and here we see something just for people who are uninitiated and sometimes perplexed by things they hear. We see here again a a use that Midrashim and, and sources make of the astrological constellations. And they don't consider it some sort of primitive stargazing that, you know, of course, that's what they thought things looked like. We actually believe that, um, right, we actually believe that these stars, if, in other words, if all, if, if there was such a great collection of humanity that looked up at this star cluster and said, oh, it looks like twins, they look like twins there, it looks like two twins, like holding hands or whatever it is, that clearly means that the Shefa, that when these stars are ascended during this month, that's what it means that, that whatever the Chodesh Sivan, Gemini is ascendant, right? It's closest. In other words, when the stars rise, oh. right? The Gemini. The if, Gemini I, if I understand correctly, if I understand correctly, um, during, during Chodesh Sivan, you would have the sun rising inside the constellation of Tehumim, inside the constellation of Gemini. Because that's what that's what makes the constellation associated with a particular period of the year. The constellations are always visible. You can yes. always see Gemini. Either you know, it's it's always up. It's it's up during the day, maybe, or if it's or 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 it's up it's up at night. But there's always constellations in it, the sky. It's, it's prominence. How prominent right. it is, and and like you say, during as the, the sun is, is rising. Is, is, yeah, as the sun is rising, which house is it is it rising in? So that that kind of determines this, which which by the way might actually be why the why the Zahar is working here with 365 solar days because mm-hmm. because the whole the whole Hashivas, even though Sivan is a is a lunar month, but the whole the whole importance 
of Teomim as a constellation related to that month is because in that month, more or less, you have the sun rising in 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 the um, in the uh, constellation of the twins. Okay, in in Gemini. Um, but anyway, because of this, you know, because of this um, kind of twin aspect, and because of this chashmal, and because of the mazal that you know, the, because of the constellation that is that is operative here, that is why in this month the Torah was given. Umikanan from here is mashchon darg and latato. The the levels flow down below. Um, Ad the salkin bishmahon until they until they enter into names or they go up they go up into names anhora alma to illuminate the to illuminate the world. Right. So you have all of these all these time structures that are flowing from Hashmal, which originates in in, in a Kaddish Baruch Hu's tefillin, into with the, with the you know Kesher Shel tefillin that Moshe Rabbeinu saw on Har Sinai, and it all it's a, all kind of a, a membrane or a kind of skin that, even though it's very very small and it includes all the all the uh, external dimensions within it in a highly compressed state, nevertheless it is able to illuminate out and what it shines out is sacred time that we can participate in even if we are still perceiving ourselves merely as material beings and we don't have any direct ability to be mistabek to connect ourselves to to the world of hashem's names and midos which are which is the world of atzilus okay and that's why and that's why this is torah is so critical to this because you know torah is given to to ordinary people right and if and if the idea of Torah was that you have to cleave to to Hakadosh Baruch Hu through through nullifying yourself and 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 uh, and and somehow rising up and connecting yourself to the to the world of Atzilus of, of Hashem's names and everything that it wouldn't be it wouldn't be very relevant for every individual person. However, insofar as this time flows down and we can we have the keys we can enter into this kind of experience of time, so that um, that makes that makes Torah possible. I think that's basically what he's saying. Um, and he goes he goes on to make a kind of a parenthetical point, which which uh, all the all the other constellations don't have either a mouth or a, a tongue. Okay, right. but this constellation to Umim has a mouth and a tongue, or actually two mouths and, and two tongues, right? Um Alda by Raisa and and this is also reflected in the Torah because it says it says that you learn Torah day and day and night. Yoimam corresponds to the tongue, Laila night corresponds to the mouth, and everything is included in one and everything goes or in in everything is permeated by this sense of of the, the twins. Right. Right. Um, so earlier when we were discussing this, we talked about how, first of all, I guess the point that, you know, again, we talk about the Hebraic, um, asp- you know, understanding of the constellations, that this is the only human, I guess, right? You know, there's right. other animals, there, there, there's, a, there's a bull and other things, but they are, uh, the bull doesn't really have a, a tongue that can articulate language. Right, it's not a human. Right. It's not talking about the tongue that you would eat uh, with mustard, 
<laughs> we're talking about a right. tongue and a mouth that actually are articulate that can speak right yes. so the so the ability to speak and and okay so I, you know let's not i'm not even going to try to dwell upon upon how this connects obviously it connects to the whole principle of hashmal and twins it, it, it does that it does that somehow um but one thing that i will point out which is I think pretty self-evident. The fact that this month is the third month, right? You know, the Sivan is the third month, but the third month contains within it a kind of an inner dialogue, an inner complexity, because it has two sides of itself within itself. In other words, first, you know, so the month of Sivan, which is a remez to Yaakov Avinu, obviously here, um, absorbs from Nisan. It takes in Chesed, right? which is the white light that is manifest in this Hashmal. And it takes in uh, ER, which is Gvura, so it takes in the, the fiery red flashing light, which is also included in the Hashmal. And the, the reason why you can have Hashmal that shines outward is because this parts of, of, of Yaakov, this personality of Yaakov, has a dual aspect within himself. Okay, so you have to be a self that is strong enough to contain a a dual and somewhat actually contradictory nature within yourself and hold it and hold it all together. Just and that's well, the that which which is again, you know, part of the the standard way of looking at twins would be okay, uh, here's one month, let's say Nisan, and then you have Eeyore. Okay, now look at those two. What's interesting with the Zohar, Zohar says, no, the only way you really appreciate this duality and, is when you have three. Now, there's like a Venn diagram, right. uh, which which is an, an most people, again, most people would say, okay, let's, you, let's put these two months together and view them all like so many people try to meld uh, Odor and Nisan together, right, as the two months of Geula. What, what the Zohar is saying is that you the, the third month is crucial because without the third month, you really don't appreciate the interaction. You don't have a container. You don't have a container to contain the interaction. And there seems to be some relationship between the inner duality of Yaakov's personality and his ability to actually shine Hashmal out to the rest of the to the rest of the world. So okay, because so, if I can if I can contain the contradiction between a self and another, then I'm already in a position to illuminate the relationship between me and somebody else. If I don't, if I don't have an inner dynamic of, shall we say, conflict and shalom on some level, then I, I don't know how to make shalom with 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 another person. And here, so here, the point is that only only in the third month, you actually have the capacity to cause chashmal to shine, to cause something to emanate out of that can actually be at peace with the with with our own human self-perception as material material beings that are not able to be directly connected to Akadosh Baruch Hu as in as in self-nullification to to the world of Atsilos. Nelson, I think you know you you've definitely given us uh, a lot of depth here and a lot of understanding. Um, I, I, as I said, you know, in setting the table here, and it was my fault. Or, or for a lot of not understanding, you know. Well, it was my fault for interrupting so much, <laughs> but I felt that for if 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 I I tried to picture myself 
as someone listening to the two of us talking and saying, are, there, are you speaking and saying, I, I don't get it. Is, is this, and just anticipating what, and again, maybe I'm, I'm wrong in terms of that way. Maybe people just would just like to hear the Shefa. But I think, you know, what I said before we started was that this Zohar, that it's your, through the B'nai Yisrael Magalamukas that you discovered as a sort of a mafteach for this the period that we're in now, I just want to put a little nakuda here. Uh, it goes on, and we'll, we'll go into it more next time. But it, 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 as you say, it this three, which is the Chodesh Hashlishi, is Yaakov's. And on, on some level, what was supposed to happen, or what does happen in some way, but somehow we countermanded it, was that Nisan Ir Sivan is Yaakov, and Tammuz of and Elo. And Elo is supposed and, to be Yaakov's twin. Right. Who is Asaf. Right. And, right. and and that of course lined up with what you've been telling us in the last couple of weeks about Hester Punim during this period of Tammuz and of. And if the balance would have been perhaps the way it was originally structured or the way it seemed to be structured, Elo would have been really even a worse month for us, right? That would that, have that would have been Asaf's core month that would have, that would, that would have been Asav's container for absorbing Tamuzov and making it and making it his own just as the as the Zohar is about to say um you know it's not going to work because because Asav does not have the ability to contain the duality in himself he's not he's not he's not built to contain it and so he doesn't actually hold on to Elo he loses Elo and, and I guess one could say in, in a similar way that Yaakov, the duet, we talk about the duality of Yaakov and, and the Zohar, in, you know, sort of uh, to explain that to Umim aspect within Yaakov himself, not just that he, sort of, it's not that he's, again, to me, that's what the Zohar means. And again, I, I know we're going to do mm-hmm. this next time, but when the Zohar said, Tomim Ksiv, right? So, Valroza uh, Dok Ksiv Tomim, Bine Tomim Bibitna, that is really the moment before they leave the Betan, right? Tomim Bibitna is when Rivka is literally about to give birth, right? Which means she you can she's about to have the baby, but they're still in her Betan. Right? Mm-hmm. So the Zohar says, to begin Tarvayu Kamar. If you think Tomim is there to tell you because of the two actual children that were about to exit from Rivka's body, Yaakov and Esav, right. he says, Why? Esav somehow does not go up in this secret. In this secret. He, he, once again, he doesn't, he doesn't have the ability to contain duality within himself. So he does not rise up to the level where he can, where he can actually pull this off. Right. It will begin Yaakov Kamar, which means that because she because the babies are still inside. Yaakov, so, Yaakov is the only twin here. Right. Really, that's Yaakov, that's, what, that's right. Yaakov is the Tomim. He Tomim Bibitna is all about Yaakov. Vishvachado, and this of course is a praise of Yaakov, Dabi Bimoha, that he was in her womb, in other words. The right that's why it emphasizes Moha, because because technically at that moment, the midwives, the babies are still inside. Yaakov is right. Tomim while he's inside Daikit Sadekas. And that's why Kamashabech Kro. So, um, so then the Zohar asks, though, then it should say 
to Omim. In other words, he should be the ultimate level of a twin, which is able to contain the duality. And as Zohar says, it begin to Havi Tamonahu Rasha, but Asaph physically was around, and whatever Shefa of Asaph was definitely somehow influencing what was going on there. So therefore, Istalak Mitamon Aleph. So even somehow the Aleph that should have been Yaakov's is also. Uh, it's removed. also gone. So also right. So, so I get right. So anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, for so somehow, somehow, no. Well, somehow, somehow, because Esav is there anyway. The real, the real to um, the real toimim is Yaakov. Yaakov is the one that contains the duality. He's 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 really he's really the one. Esav is is a secondary phenomenon who does not actually get to be the twin of Yaakov because he cannot do what Yaakov. What would, but what would you say again? And here's what I wanted to ask, and I think we'll end with this, and then we'll, 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 you know, after Tisha B'Av, hopefully. I have a sli- we'll... slightly, slightly different idea because I, okay, let's just, you know, let's just burn through the things so we can get okay. to kind of like the I'm, punchline. I'm fine, okay. I'm fine, Nelson. But let me just ask you this: yeah. What is, you keep, you keep on mentioning duality of Yaakov. How how do you view Yaakov's duality? The the, the Zohar mentioned Torah Bixab and Torah what do you think Yaakov's duality? Way. What do you think when you're thinking Yaakov's duality? What are you thinking? I'm thinking. I'm thinking what he gets from Avraham and what he gets from Yitzchak, which are which are very contradictory. Uh, okay. You know, types see, of personality. I, I, see, I thought you know, and it's and it's Chasadim and Gvuris, and Chasadim and Gvuris together create Das. So, so the, the harmonization of this thing. How does how does Yaakov maintain his Tamimus, his completeness, his wholeness, when he has this when he has these two contradictory aspects within himself how does he hold that all together okay yakov has the capacity to do that even even in the womb so he can do he can do nisan e or sivan now asov who else who would like to be is a yakov wannabe he's going to try to do tamuz of elul but he won't succeed because if you know he's his major identification is going to be with elul but he can't hold it together and um so let's just go i'm just going to read this because this is really the piece that that you know that the the, the Magala uh, Magala Mukas and the and the Bnei Yisroschar were commenting to It's all one secret. Yaakov Natal Baraza delay. Yaakov takes in his secret essence train Yarchin Nisan Veir. He takes in Nisan and Ear into himself. and he is and this is included into the secret meaning of Sivan, the Ihu Toimim, which is the twins. Esav, on the other hand, notel baraza delay train yarechon tamuzav. He takes for himself tamuzanov. Vihu loyish techach, but he himself, as in the form of chodesh elo, he does not exist. Vis avid, and he becomes lost. The ha elo lav delay who elo is not his. Vafilu av, and even as far as av is concerned, tes yaimim inu delay. He takes he takes ten days of nine, nine days of it. Vlo yatir and no more. Uh, and he's lost and he no longer exists and he is not in the secret of, of twins he's gone off to his own side and he goes off to the other side with nothingness and desolation as, as, you, as it says in Tehillim the uh, the, the the enemy is is uh, finished, and um, it's conflict forever, or swords forever. That's how I think that would be an adequate translation. And 
just to really go finish this up, mamish, 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 begin the Yaakov Iu time, because Yaakov is the twin. Therefore, his children received Torah in the, in the month of the twins. Vayraisa and Torah, Baraz at the time of the Raisa is also twins. Torah Shebechtav and Torah Shebalpeh. That goes back to the Lushan and the Peh uh, thing from before, the, the tongue and the mouth. Um, in the third month, to a triple people, in three levels. Good, good question. What are the three levels over here? Um, but you know, the Tyrus triple, and it's all one concept. Okay, so you know, there is a you could, I could, I hope that we could continue to talk about this for a very, very long time, but. A long time is not what we've got. <laughs> yeah. so, right. Even living, um, even listening at double you know, speed. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but yeah. I, you know, I, I, I tried my best. I do, I do think. I, for, for me, the biggest chiddush here, by the way, is, is the sense is the sense of time, and also if you if you think about it, how it is that one of the ways in which we experience the spheres and the and the partsuf and all that is through living in time. So you have to kind of imagine that our that your life or my life or or our lives or lives of Am Yisrael are kind of migrating through partsufim that we can only perceive as as time that we can only perceive as a kind of movement. We can't perceive them directly. Right? And and basically the whole year is moving around in from Chesed Gvura Tiferes to Netzachoid uh, Yisoid, which turns out to be Elul, by the way, and 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 fortunately not Esav. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. I'll tell you, Nelson. Just to, and I've, I've said this. You know, I, I, it's not that I need to to close the door, although that's usually what I do. Um, I, I sort of this Zohar makes me think a little bit, a little bit different than what you just said. Um, I'll tell you what suggests itself to Please. me. Yeah, what suggests itself to me is that the even when you talk about Tereshe B'Ksav and Tereshe Balpeh, one could say Tereshe B'Ksav is Chesed and Tereshe Balpeh is Gevura, one could say that. Although technically it's probably the opposite, if anything, because Tereshe B'Ksav seems to be the one that's very uh, structured and specific in, in the sense of Tzimtzum. And but, more uh, more brutal too. You yes, know. right. And the Tereshe Balpeh- Kill them. Right. <laughs> you know, right. so the kill that kid. Right. So what I'm thinking here is the following is that the dual nature is almost the aspect that ya- Yaakov taps into when he's makabel the brocha from Yitzchok, where Rivka somehow understands that. And because she's the one who had the Tumim, right? So she clearly mm-hmm. is is the is 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 the mass mistress, so to speak, of of the idea of this balancing. She balanced it herself, right? It almost killed her. I mean, it's the type of thing where she said "Loma Zanochi." It was, it was, it was so, it was so uh, difficult. But the chiddush of the Zohar is that Yaakov himself has this other aspect that she knows, and that's why she puts the begodim of Esav on Yaakov. On him, right? Right. So, in other words, there's the Yaakov that acts like a thief, the Yaakov that acts like a like an Esav who speaks gruffly, who's pushy, uh, who isn't that religious, who actually is is more. Um, more of a patriot than he is a saint who's more of a fighter than he is of a pacifist that's the dual nature that you know the it's almost like yaakov acts ace of like and the bene as as we know the Nitziv, i think says that it's because of that that 
you know, that's Malchus, that was the Malchus Yisrael that was, in a sense, a, a tremendously um, non-religious Malchus that had a, a very strong identity, a forceful identity. And he says that's what, when Yaakov puts on the Begodim, that's the Boigdim, I think the Lushan of the Medrash is. Mm-hmm. That the, the Boigdim of Yisrael are included in that. And we've and, and believe me, we've we've produced our Fagans and we've produced our own uh, you know governments that have been uh, Bogdim, whether they've been the Misyavnim or 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 or, 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 the, or the strange uh, offshoots of the Hashmanoyim. All of that was the duality of Yaakov, which we even see today, which are the Jews that are you know, unconnected or disconnected from 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 Torah, but still have this you know this Jewish mentality, and that's sort of like the dual. That to me could be the duality uh, that's within Yaakov. Um, there's and, and without even getting into Yaakov Yisrael, that there's Yaakov, then there's this Madrega of of Hasogas Ruchni. Even within the good the good Jew that follows the rules. Versus the you know the 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 the, the um, Mayor Lansky you know Murder Incorporated one, um, there is that duality that Yaakov has, and he's able to make it work, um, and 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 is, is that's somehow and I think Asov and this is where I was going at, Asov's positive sense is is a complete sham, and even is and that's why he doesn't the duality doesn't work. Um, because the the aspect of Esav that that the one who kisses Yaakov, the one who uh, in, in, you know wants to know how your maaser esamelech, right? The one who wants to to be makbed on mitzvahs and so away. There, there's really nothing to it. It is a um, it is a completely um, o- overly sentimental, uh, completely um, uh, completely superficial being, as you say. He doesn't have much. Um, uh, right, and, and and that's what. Yeah. It, so, so it's almost like you know, you can sort of glory, although you're sometimes embarrassed of it, of Yaakov's duality, because the because Chodesh Hashlishi pulls it together, whereas Esav's duality, the Tumim of Esav, like because well, what are these two Bechinas of Esav supposed to be? They really. They don't really, they don't really align because he, again, there's because they are so brittle and unsophisticated, perhaps, and superficial. I don't know. That's sort of, I don't know. Yeah. That 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 to me sounds more like a duality, you know, than because because this way I can understand like the two sides of Yaakov. And what would have been the two sides of Esav? We do see Esav as the loving father, oh, sorry, the loving son, the one who seems to be magnanimous towards his brother um, and other things. That's with the other Esav, the murderer, uh, the, the Baltaiva and everything else. Um, so you know, again, maybe I'm just uh, exercise, you know, I'm just engaging in, you know, the typical sort of a biblical, um, uh, you know, the, I don't know if it's biblical, the biblical storytelling that people like to talk about these two, but I think somehow we manage this trick. You know, somehow the Bnei Yisrael manage that duality, and uh, we're still managing it, although we can sometimes yeah. bemoan it. Well, I think I think I can tip my hat to to Rabbi Nachman in here. So, you know, Ha'ikar, no, Ein Yush Ba'Olam Klal. I mean, I think that I think that's really what it boils down to is is that is that you know you, when you have an inner struggle. 
and it seems like a contradiction that you can't actually resolve in any way. So you have you have two options. Either you can act out your frustration, in which case you just create a lot of chaos, which reflects your inner chaos, or you can you can somehow hold it together and believe that these two things can actually coexist and actually actually become harmonized. And and you know, to, to some extent, there's just a dogged sort of, I refuse to give up on myself. I refuse to give up on myself. You know, the whole world can call me a bum, but I know that a Kaddish Baruch who does not want me to give up myself. So I'm going to, you know, so even though I do terrible things, I'm a total mushchas, you know, great. But I'm still going to try to get up for many and put on my tefillin and, da, you know, and da to a Kaddish Baruch. And I'm, just, I'm still going to sit down and learn, learn a, a few lines of Gemara before I run off and get in, in trouble right, well, again. But, 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 and, 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 and some of that Gemara is built on the duality of Yaakov. In other words, Takonos Meirish, um, uh, the, the Gemaras, all the Meitikon Olam, right? All the things that, right. that all, all the, uh, the, the excess, not excess, but the extra material that Torah Shabal Peh bequeathed to us in many way was in line, whether it's, whether it's, whether it's, uh, Taking mahapach the shvua and putting like, or, or taking the shvua away from one who's right. all these halachas that we deal with when we start bava mitzia or when we start bava basra, uh, you know, those torah shabalpeh, those root torah shabalpeh aspects, are all basically you know responses to the the to, to the to the man wearing the the big day sayer, right? <laughs> they they mm-hmm. aren't there. Many of them are not there to for for, for the ishat tzaddik. You know, I think, you know, the Maral and others make this point that when we say the Ovas were Makayim Kola Tayrakula, Avram Kura, he wasn't being Makayim the Takonos that were that were that were zeroing in on people who are going to forget Shabbos, like other things like that, right? Uh, all the all, all the Takonos that we have, whether it's Mukts or all down the line, are all addressing the 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 asav aspect or the other the dual dual aspect of Yaakov. So I think mm-hmm. Torah Shabalpeh feeds off of that, and it, it's really a great thing when you even take a Tamimistiki Yeshiva kid and you teach him about what Kanevish Shtick is, right? By learning Torah Shabalpeh <laughs> with him. So in a way, he really he really gets it in a filtered way, but in a beautiful way, right? He's he 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 knows how to think like a Ganav because he's been doing it, but he does it yeah. with such frumkite and with and, and, and with a veneer and essence of Torah. So Torah Shabalpeh, I think again, this is really my theory here that you are that you planted in my head, that Torah Shabal Peh is really part of that evil nature, so to speak, Vehicle. of yeah. of 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 Yaakov, which now creates its own Torah, which is great to learn. It's very exciting. Believe me, if, if, if all the Torah we learned was the Torah or the Mormons, you know what I'm saying? Well, not their crazy Torah, but every but <laughs> but, but, but 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 if the view we had of of, of Ruven and Shimon, Ruven time is this, Shimon time is that, and they would be these upstanding Mormon like, you know, straight laced arrows, yeah. the, the Gemara would be boring and, 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 and it wouldn't even have the life that it has. The, the life that it has is that the Torah has because it captures the rascal. <laughs> it captures the rascal and, and it bottles the rascal in such a way. And I think that's, again, that's just my two cents on that. Well, if I could fly. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.